0: The Mindset Athlete podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two time Paralympian and owner of James Roberts Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Caroline Re- Carol- Reed Hi, Reed.
1: Hi, right. <laughs>
0: She's a transformational life coach, master NLP practitioner, author, and motivational speaker. As a behavior- behavioral change specialist, she helps awaken individuals to get clarity on their life purpose, release their inner you know, limitations, and create it create a strategy for success. So welcome on to the show, Caroline.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me on. I've been really looking
0: forward to this. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So before we delve into today's episode, Caroline, can we go a little bit bit deeper than the the introduction that I gave you? And obviously we spoke recently uh, before coming on and doing the actual show, and you were talking about your background within dance if my memory serves me right and how does how has kind of the athletic background for you more specifically enabled you to one on the one hand give you that clarity and probably resolve into your business but able to kind of get over what in a sense is the day in day out of what everybody's going to experience from a perspective of fear anxiety and stress?
1: Mm, good question. Okay, so yes, you were absolutely bang on the money. So my background, like back in the day, as my very Yorkshire mother would say, um, is very much around dance, performing arts, and then I sort of transitioned into the fitness industry. And for me, it was a passion that I had from being a kid. I, I absolutely loved to perform. Um. And as much as that showed on the outside, actually the inside was such a different world. It was crazy. Like always doubted myself. As confident as I may come across when I was on stage, I would always have this like inner fear. It was mad when I look back at how many years. I was actually in turmoil to some degree internally. But because I loved it so much, I showed up relentlessly. And I actually am grateful for having that kind of mindset back then when I kind of look back and reflect because it made me give 110% not just 100% do you know what I mean I always thought well if someone like me if someone like me from little old Macclesfield is gonna be able to travel or be in a big show or do this I have to be relentless with rehearsing with showing up with because I left school and that was it so I never went to college, uni, anything like that. So I was working alongside these big professionals. So in my mind, I was a little bit like, I almost put myself under them, but I'm so grateful because then I had to give 110 and it, it took me to where I wanted to go. Um, and I'd say that through the, the dance and the fitness probably the biggest benefit that's come from it, mindset-wise, aside from like a personal growth side, it would be personable skills. Actually being able to read people, if that makes sense. So when, if I'm helping someone with their fitness, let's say, I'm able to read their body language, even if they're saying like, oh, and their body language is slumped and they're going, oh, but I'm really tired today. I'm like, no, you're not tired. Something's weighing heavy on your mind. Like, it's very rarely the body is the problem. It tends to fall. As we know, so much of it comes from up here. So it kind of enabled me to cut through the crap. Can I say that? Yeah, said it. Okay. Kind of to cut through it and then be like, it's not really what we think it is on the outside. It will all stem from back here. Um, So I'd say that was probably the biggest. Kind of revelation that I've had from, I'd say, from a mindset perspective, in the fitness and health sort of industry. I'd say, for a coach.
0: But you were saying there that, or oh, can I say that? Well, what, what, I think you got to own it, have not you? In, in terms yeah. of once it's out there, you got to.
1: I'll be dropping bombs all over the show
0: now. <laughs> yeah, but I think that comes with passion. When you are passionate about something, you, you do let To a certain extent, some, you could say, mannerisms kind of slip, and you've got a perception that you have to talk a certain way. But at times, it's like, well, I'm so passionate about that. I've dropped uh, an F bomb or or something like that. I've (laughs) had my French in there, uh, and people will get a little bit, you could say, PC about it. But it's like, well, I don't always talk like that all the time so it's not it's it's not necessarily a slip of the tongue but it's because it's passionate it's going to come out
1: absolutely absolutely and um yeah I think that's probably like a big part of being authentic as well isn't it which is again a big part of our or um do we say like an evolution of becoming who we are like I see it as something that every single day the more that we can show up and speak our truth you like, giving yourself the permission card, like, yes, this is me. No no holding back. I can just be who I am and, yeah, kind of keep moving forward.
0: But coming back to that story, Caroline, but you talked about being beneath other people. Why did you have that, we'll call it, assumption of yourself? Why, why did you have, have, have this illusion that you weren't necessarily... And don't quote me on this, but Yeah, yeah. Being being somewhat not as good as somebody else, so to speak.
1: Yep, yeah, totally a perception, like complete perception. And I know that to be true now, but Jesus, it took me nearly my entire life up until I was like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, to actually realized that to be true i'd say it definitely started from being a kid like hearing other kids that sort of say oh well i'm gonna go to university or i'm gonna do this or and sort of asking other people as well and seeing the likes of um performers knowing that they go to certain schools in london knowing that they have to go through all of this rigorous training to come out the other side and none of my family still to this day has ever been to uni. So the word, honestly, the word university has never got, never got spoke. I just never heard it. So I always had this thing of like, well, that's just who we are, which is so cool. Like we had the best upbringing. And then other people, if they can afford to, if they're clever enough, I had all these limitations that only go to uni if you've got a certain amount of money, only go to uni if you're like a level of, intelligence and I just kind of wrote myself up I was like nope but luckily I'm gonna say I had something in me that was a bit tenacious and I was like right well I don't have what they have but if I work my butt off then I could get to where they are by the time they finish uni I can just work really hard and that and that's what I'll do so I had this kind of graft mindset I'd say and that was the way that my family brought me up it was like if you want something you work hard for it does it so that's kind of where I came from with that
0: yeah but most people listening to this would say that's kind of a a northern mentality anyway of having that that grafting mentality I'm gonna work uh, as hard as say my forefathers to, to get where I need to get to whereas and i'll say this because it is a it's a matter of fact it's, i think there's that stereotypical viewpoint in the uk where the north and the south don't get along because of this uh predisposed ideology where the, the north operate like this and so to speak you could say the south sees themselves slightly better than the rest of the country because it's it's where power resides but you're thinking well to a certain extent from a probably a mental perspective now Mm -hmm. where you're in a state of comfort because you you have this ideology that you are superior to the rest of the country the rest of the country is willing to put in the hard yards so they are in a a sense trying to not trying to they are growing and they are very much in a state of growth Whereas you're more inclined to, and this is generalising because not everybody in the southeast or in the south of the country is going to be like this, are going to be in this state of um, comfort. You're content with where you're at because you've got the luxuries.
1: Yeah, and again, I think that this is well, it's all based on perception, isn't it? So if we share this perception, whereas people down south might have a completely different perception, and we all whatever we perceive to be true is true to us, right? Isn't it? So if we live by those rules, then 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 we'll find that reality. And it's so each to our own. Yeah, and, and I know what you mean. And, and like I said, that shaped my entire um, belief system and educational system and where I ended up, how I went about it. But like I said, it wasn't until like my real late 20s and all of a sudden I was like, hang on a minute. So because then I started when I went into the coaching realm, let's say when I did end up um, switching my career, I still had that belief. I suddenly believed, oh, well, I need to work extra hard as a coach because I did not go to university to, to study psychology. So I just changed that belief from the fitness and the dance and all that lot To fit in my view of the world, my map of the world, to well, to be a a, a true coach and mentor, I have to, and all of a sudden, like, hang on a minute, no, I'm seeing the most incredible results, getting referrals, doing this, doing that. And it was like a big perception shift of hang on a minute, you don't have to have these certain society boxes ticked to. Do something and get a result in a certain way. It's like the biggest bullshit rule that I ever had, and I was carrying it, carrying it around for like nearly thirty years, man. It was tiring. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's been very freeing, let's say, to um, to release that
0: belief. But that, does, does that necessarily be a case of you know you have a predisposed ideology? Of, uh, and this is probably you'd agree to some Certain extent, it is pred- prededicated. Pre, I can't say the word pre-dedicated on the fact that that you've previously experienced something. But on the one hand, you said that you had that that ideology that oh I, I can't be a good coach because I've not been to university. Yeah, but in a sense, psychology is is a study of life, so it comes down to life. Well, not life expectancies, but life, your actual um, journey that you've had to overcome. So, in a 100%. sense. It's only, it's only, well, I've been to university and I wouldn't say it. So I'm only the think, second person in my family that's been right through the Sorry? actual, the actual, yeah. oh, I can't think what the word is, uh, in, not in a circle of family, but close, close knit circles so that it'd yeah. be myself yeah. and my aunt. My mother didn't go to university, but, and this will probably go nicely with what you said. I, probably when I went at first went, I had this ideology that because I've gone to university, I'm very much better than, say, my mother that didn't. But then once I've actually gone for full circle and listened to what she said and said, it comes down to my mum and aunt would have this disagreement with why, people were getting, why she was getting passed over for job promotions. Well, the people that are getting the jobs have got the, the experience. So it comes down to, yes, you've got this piece of paper and you're able to pass exams and uh, there's no, there's no passing judgment yeah. to do that going to university either, but I would agree. It's, 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 it's very much, yes, it's, a, it's, it's a good tool to utilize, to grow as a person. And I very much, if it's the right thing for you to do to go to university yeah, by means go and do it. But if it's not for you, there's no it's, hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's doing what's right for you. So it's very much, I've seen both sides of the coin where I probably learnt to some degree a lot from my education, but I was able to utilise it and put it into my sport. So I, I very much threw it backwards and forwards. Well, I'll utilise psychology into sport, and everything else I learn in sport, I can look and in, throw into, into the degree and utilize it from that perspective. So it's using that actual journey and your actual day in, day out expectancy to actually propel, you, pr- propel yourself as the actual person, as opposed to predisposing your ideology of, well, I must follow this trend of
1: yeah. going to higher That's education absolutely and like you said it has to be right for the individual that was just my view my belief that kind of shaped who I'm, what I did and then as soon as I actually realized how much of a hindrance that was that's when I really was like whoa I need to like step back from this because I believed that like I said I could only achieve a certain amount but really I was like hang on and then when I really took stock and the power of all the stuff that I've been through in life that got me to where I was today. Like, oh my god, nothing could have taught me that. I couldn't sit an exam to learn how to let go of a dangerous relationship or how to when absolute shit hits the fan and you are out on stage or you are out on field like you are doing what you are meant to be doing and something goes horrendously wrong like you can't be prepared for that unless you're like in the battlefield do you know what I mean and I'd say I've definitely got a few scars and wounds but they're, they're like you're of honor you it? it's like yeah cool I got through that now I can help other people with that I can relate so much more from that kind of life experience
0: but do you also think that that tenacity that you've <sighs> Well, to a certain extent, learnt from your your parents, has given you a greater sense of, of like we talked about earlier in the episode, of overcoming that the, the well, for you more pers- personally being that that anxiety, uh, fear and stress of obviously losing your best friend to cancer and then mm-hmm. your stepfather to suicide. Do you think because you had that tenacity built in with you? Once you actually kind of hit that fork in the road, you were then best prepared to be able to, well, I'm not going to let it dwell upon me, yeah. I need to find where I need to go.
1: Good question. Okay, I'm actually going to say no, <laughs> only because the way that I kind of, I mean, like I said, I had like the best childhood, it was one of those where we just there was never really a time limit you go out and you come back when you when when it's dark and just don't do anything stupid kind of thing so we just kind of like we were out climbing trees we were doing this and both my parents were really hard full time and um, they now both work in the NHS and I am like the black sheep of the family basically because I wanted to perform and write songs and then now I'm doing psychology and I'll get up on stage and I'll do big public speaking and they're like where the frick were you even like Like, where do you come from because it's so far away from what they did but I'd actually say that because um I kind of got like both my parents have kind of struggled with their with their own mental health over the years and I where my tenacity I would actually say really came into place was okay how do we keep things going how do I make them still smile how do I keep the family up how do I do and that wasn't just me like all of us came together like you don't really know your roles until you look back do you um but I'd say it was almost that thing of I wanted to make sure everyone was okay and I just just took it on as my responsibility from a real young age and as much as both my parents did I just had this weird thing that I was like I really want to be able to see everyone happy. I just had this built in thing where like life is happiness and I don't know where it came from, but it was like, I don't ever want to see anyone hurt. If I ever saw my mom upset if she was having a, like going through a, a struggle time, it was like, right, how do I change this? Cause if I got upset with her, so i going to help anyone. And I'd say that actually having that as a background, then when I did lose my friend to cancer, I was like, right, okay, I, I either have to go down with her or how the hell do I carry that torch that she had? Like, I want to, because she, she just lit up the world. I'm like, how do I carry that forward rather than sit with that? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was then it was the same when I lost my stepdad. It was like, oh my God, now I really get the power of the mind because the mind led him to do something that, that no one could have predicted. And it was like, right, okay, again, I can either go down and be victim and be depressed and wonder why and feel guilty. And I went through a massive barrage of those emotions and it was like, I might not be here tomorrow. So how do I help other people realize that that happens, that if we don't sort this out up here, like that shit's real, like, and it's so easy to spiral. So again, I'd almost say it was, the tenacity for happiness if that's a real thing was just kind of there and it's really served me well I'd say over the years I've been through my own mental traumas do I say I've put myself in some real sticky positions before and self-doubted and not thought I was good enough for years and then to kind of come through the other side and be like oh it's okay to be yourself you haven't got to prop the world up, if you like, and if you just focus on you, you can then empower others. That's kind of how it did the 360, I'd say.
0: But is it also, and kind of going beyond your point, having that kind of mentality of wanting to contribute to others, having this notion of instead of looking to help people, it's looking to serve and, yes. and giving people from that perspective and like you said carrying the torch forward it's kind of that gosh i can't remember the quote um kind of giving the notion of carrying it forward and it come it came back came back to me then uh having that ideology of looking at like that way with a kind of a like you said that happiness is very much a positive vibe of looking to contribute in that sense as opposed to dwelling on things and letting them probably consume yourself
1: 100% like every day I mean it's um is it Deepak that says and I used to find this really hard to say I actually had a discussion about this the other day um in Buddhism they one of their big um sort of things that, that they discuss and really live by is actually depression a depressed mind is a selfish mind and when I first heard this I was sat and I was I know I know honestly (laughs) and I was sat listening to this Buddhist monk I was at a retreat and I heard him say that and I was sat I took my dad with me this was when he was going through like a big transition and he's like a different person it's so incredible and in my head I was like holy crap has he actually just said that like that is probably the most awful thing I think I've ever heard you can't say that to someone that may potentially be struggling with depression. Like, you're not actually depressed. You're just selfish. Like, what? I was, my mind was blown. And it took me, I'm going to say that that must be about 18 months ago, two years ago. So it's suddenly, recently been like the penny dropped. And it isn't saying that if you're depressed, you're selfish. Because sometimes people say about suicide, it's a selfish act. And I'm like, it's not. It's, we each come into this world. It's not our choice to come in. But technically, we're really not happy. We have a choice. Like the power of life is choice, right? It's not something I'd ever say, but at the end of the day, we have to honor people's choices. It's something that's part of life. But what I took from that Buddhist monk saying that was when we are depressed or when we when we are anxious, where's our mind? We're not focused on helping thy neighbor or focused on helping someone off the street or an old lady across the road no we are in our own minds we are either living in the past we're worried about the present or we're focusing on a future that hasn't happened yet and all i can't remember what it was but also it was like oh i get it because if i ever feel depressed because i'm going what i done wrong how do i help this what if someone doesn't like me what if someone judges me what if that that doesn't look right Me, me 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 and i'm like whoa how I got out of depression and anxiety was like you said, hold that torch and focus outwards. So now if I ever do get in a bit of a funk, which we all kind of do from time to time, I've got like a whopping toolkit of stuff to use. First thing I would do, and I'm like, not even kidding you. It's like, right, I'm going to donate a fiver to charity. Or I'm going to bake something and I'm going to take it around to my elderly neighbours. And it sounds really cheesy and probably quite stupid but instantly you're not focused on you and the the feeling that 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 you get from helping others the same in the workplace if you're able to make a difference and help someone like you're not gonna go home feeling like oh I'm a a waste of life or I feel like this no you're, you're seeing that difference and it's like the reciprocation if that makes sense
0: or would you go a step further and say it's in a sense of instant gratification
1: mm. oh god yeah when i'm baking cookies for my elderly next-door neighbor like the technically that's a selfish act that's instant gratification of i'm gonna go around i'm gonna see them happy i'm gonna get them all cute and looking at oh my god yes i feel better cool now i'm not going to say that that is the way forward for like everything far far from And that is very much an instant gratification thing. But in terms of the general big thing, like in general in life, when we are focused on ourselves and we are feeling depressed or feeling anxious, try helping someone, try looking outside of yourself, try making a difference. Because, I mean, I work with um, a big group in Macclesfield of recovering addicts and they are we get them out in the community all the time and they are helping they're doing cake sales they're doing charity swims why because they're learning how to be outside of just their own problems and their own doings it's like a big part of healing
0: but I, i'm probably coming back from from your background in in, in, in will we'll call it performance performance yeah. arts uh, very much an athletic background isn't that very difficult to have that sense of instant gratification because we are and I'll put myself into that little bubble as well that instant gratification to some extent doesn't exist within sport because of it being I, well, I'll throw fitness in there as well of yeah. that cutthroat nature of it of it, of his existence.
1: Yes. And I think you'll agree as well with sport and with performing arts and fitness, bang. If you're performing, you might do one song, you might do an hour show, then it's done. And you get the crowd, or if you're running a race, or if you're swimming like, like whatever the sport is, you put so many hours like behind the scenes into it. So then when you're out on the field, let's call it on the stage it might be over in like five minutes. So that, yeah, absolutely. Like that instant gratification, it's definitely not something that I would ever suggest to live by. It's definitely a good way to change state to know that we have that. But I think that's why it's so important to have that balance, that balanced mindset because if we're always waiting, which I, I work with some performers as well, like they call it like little celebrities kind of thing. And they 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 can go down the drug route, they go down the alcoholism, they go down gambling, sex addiction. Why? Because they love the hit that much. when they're on field, when they're out on stage, that oh life feels flat after. So if we live only for those instant gratifications, I'm gonna say we're gonna reach a point where we could be doing things that are harmful. Whereas if we appreciate the behind the scenes, like the 95% of the time that we have to dedicate, then we find that balance ourselves. We don't always need that. You're great. You're this. You're that to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Kind of finding that balance in between. But yeah, you're so right. Because if you're doing like, like we said, the sport, the fitness, the on stage, you're not on it for a whole day. <laughs> like, it could be over in a shot. And you've got to be okay with that. Like that's just a part of part of the process.
0: So that probably ties in nicely to my penultimate question to you, Caroline. Then, so how would you get somebody to change or challenge their perception of their mindset? Then,
1: oh, to challenge their perception of their mindset. So, give me. Can you give me like a context? So, is there a, a certain? Would there be like a certain? thing that they're
0: in well if we come from the 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 perspective that we spoke about most mostly in in the episode would be probably a state of be anxiety depression stressful state how do they in your opinion yeah come out of that behavior
1: okay so first things first if I was to sort of give like a little step-by-step thing i would always say recognize where you are like what's your reality so because sometimes we can be so wrapped up in our own heads that it's like marbles crashing about the place we feel like there's a million different problems million different plates in the air spinning where actually if you know exactly where you are who you are is a massive thing but i'll come on to that after but really know your reality. So if you have a load of things going on in your mind and you feel depressed, you feel anxious, actually write down what those worries are. And then you can actually see, they, they, they don't tend to be more than two to three things. They may be big things, don't get me wrong, but it's scattered into a thousand different things in the mind. So really know your reality, like fact. How many people have you ever heard say, oh my God, literally, my world fell apart when this happened. But, sorry, the, the world, <laughs> crap, it, it, it fell apart. But to that person, I know this, because bloody hell, I used to say this all the time. Like, to that person, their entire world fell apart. And if they hold on to that belief, like, that is hard to put back together, your entire world. That's not the reality. That isn't fact. If they were to actually look and say, okay, yep. Yeah, my bills aren't being met, I might get my car taken off me and my relationship's not going very well, let's say, for instance, then the next step would be, like, what would your ideal reality look like? So, again, sort of bringing it back around, let's say, to the fitness or, like, the the performing um, arena, if someone is feeling down about their career or where they currently are, like, know your reality and then what would that ideal reality look like because sometimes again people will say well i just i'm just sick of not being put onto the team or i am just sick of my trainer doing something that's not happening or i'm sick of us not getting shows or i'm sick of not getting picked for this okay that's what you don't want so guess what we're going to attract more of we get what we focus on. So, getting real clear on what you do want. What does that ideal reality look like? And then, I'm going to use the word simply. It would then either be look to find someone to help you to do this, or navigate it yourself. And that would be work backwards. So, from the gap between your current reality to where you are, what does that bridging the gap look like? Is that hiring a new coach or a mentor? Is that looking after your physical or mental health better if so what does that look like and then breaking it down until you have actionable steps and once you have actionable steps know when you're going to do it it's that commitment then so knowing that you are greater than your current reality i would say is a is a big thing
0: and my final question to you before we wrap up the episode is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today to for people to take away, mm. what would that be?
1: Oh, I think I just said it. <laughs> uh, it would be know that you are greater than your current reality. Like wherever you are right now, you have greatness within you and you can always develop that further.
0: I think that's a great one to end on. So, Carol Ann, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Carol Ann and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Carol Ann Reed and at James O. Roberts 11. You can do the same again on Twitter and Facebook. And do check out her number one selling book, The Woman I'm Becoming. And tune into her radio show, Feel Good Friday on 102.8 FM. And once again, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk forward slash free dash resources. Make sure to check those out. The links will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipsum.com under the category psychology. So once again thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.